come out in this ring and say, hey, right now, from now on, we're gonna listen to the fans and give the audience what they want. But the only thing that's happened since then is Shane McMahon has gotten more power, more authority, and more TV time than anyone. And trust me when I say that nobody watching ever wanted that. Hey, 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 hey. Enough out of you. Hey, enough. Good. You Let's need go. to cut, hear this. Cut his mic. This cut is the mic. biggest load of crap cut I've ever mic. seen. Oh. I've been watching WWE. Cut it. Cut his mic off. There we go. Hey, guess what, idiot? Oh There's more than one microphone, and Let's it's go. not done. You know what? Every time you call yourself Let's go, guys. Well, that is an insult and a slap to the face to every single person in the back, in the locker room, who breaks their back week in, week out, on TV, on the road, around the world, to be WWE superstars. And it makes me sick. It makes me sick. It makes everybody sick. And you know what happens when you call yourself the best in the world? Everybody back there, including me, is thinking Shane McMahon can kiss my ass. Because that oh, ring does not belong. Oh, my now. Thank you. Oh, is that not working, Kevin? Yeah, I'm not done. Oh, I would never call ram, myself ram, the best in the world. But there's a hundred people Security. back there Get that legitimately claim. And you take up TV time from now. Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Ali Lindbergh, Oscar, A.O.P. Kyrison. I've made my... Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. Are you ready to get extreme? Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah. It's in the air, JMO, as it's the week of Extreme Rules, everyone's favorite pay-per-view that harkens back nostalgia of ECW for all still, correct? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's enough Paul Heyman on the product lately <laughs> to <laughs> have some nostalgia for ECW heading into this pay-per-view, I guess. See, I was saying it's a joke because they never managed to capture any of that Extreme mm. Rules, but I guess now with Paul Heyman in the fold, maybe a bit more than before. Well, I will say, I don't want to reveal too much about our Extreme Rules preview. Don't reveal coming it. up later in the show. Correct. But it is wild that in a feud that I was expecting would be like, Okay, they're finally making right on the Bailey Alexa thing oh. by having a hardcore stip and letting Bailey go wild with a kendo. They have decided that an extreme rule in this situation is a heel two on one handicap match. Two on one handicap match is an extreme rule. I have so. Does that mean there's no? Is there no DQ in a handicap match? No, you can still. No, be yeah, you can get DQ. Uh, yeah, you got to make the tag. But but regardless, yeah, we'll get more into that in the preview because and, and we'll tie it into Raw and SmackDown this week, which I actually think there's a ton to say about both. Namely, that obviously Eric Bischoff is a better showrunner than Paul Heyman. Apparently, he hasn't even arrived yet. Well, he's already had a huge impact. <laughs> uh, but his absence has spoken volumes. <laughs> but 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 JMO, I mean, hear me out here. We got to talk. We got to talk Raw. We gotta talk SmackDown. We gotta talk Extreme Rules preview. We gotta talk G1 Dallas. We gotta talk G1 Dallas. But my dumb peanut brain, JMO, the, since this happened last night, or I heard about it last night, I'm not sure exactly when it happened, my full brain capacity has had the attention fully zoned in on one thing within the wrestling world. And I'm not, I'm not proud to say this, by the way. I, I think this reflects poorly on I know me. what it is. Yeah. I think I know what it is. What is it? It's 
the launch of Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. <laughs> that's, that's that's all you've been thinking about. Yes. Well, what, what, it is all I've been thinking about. When when would I hear it if I if I was really wanting to to further my fandom? Every single Sunday at 10 p.m. on the Sportsnet 650 airwaves in Vancouver and uh, the British Columbia area at large uh, that can receive our signal. And what do I have to pay to to get this oh, on it's, the? It's absolutely free. It goes no. out over the radio no, waves. You don't even have to pay a single cent to listen to that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. That couldn't possibly wrestling content for free on the radio. Absolutely, uh, Wrestle uh, Central uh, with Justin Morrison. I love every that guy. Sunday at 10 p.m. on Sportsnet 650. Yeah, I just haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate your support. I, I, it, your obsessive support has me a little worried. Well, but that's I mean, listen. Well, I mean, I, that might be how Joey Janela feels, though. My folks. goodness, guys, we got to talk about this. We really because this I, is what you're really obsessing over. I, I feel like I and listen. This this is a poor reflection on me. I recognize that. You yeah. know, I, I recognize that it reflects poorly on me. But I could honestly, and I'm not joking. I feel like we could sit down and do two hours on Joey Janela and Enzo Amore's feud at the Blink 182 concert. Please stop covering this story and not mentioning that this was at a Blink 182 yeah. in concert. the crowd at a Blink 182 concert. Uh, do you want to tell us what what uh, you're the play-by-play man? Do you want to walk us through this clip? Okay, I've seen the video. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yep, right? yep. All right. Well, before we had video of the incident, it was all yes. in tweets. Enzo Amore tweeting back and forth with uh, Joey Janela. Joey saying that I walked over to introduce myself. Enzo saying, I thought you were a fan and it was time to throw hands. Like, nothing about this story really makes sense. <laughs> there are people saying it's a work and those people have, and I don't think it is for the record, but those people, that's where you can hang your hat. It's like, what? <laughs> well, the video is so bizarre Yes. that if it was going to be a work, you would think that they would try to shoot something better. But if it wasn't a work, you would think that they would try to have a actual fight like some physicality yeah yeah but but maybe when it gets physical is when it's revealed that it's fake I right guess. so yeah I, it's I, two guys squaring off in like the concourse area of an arena during a blink show yeah but both of them are backing off from each other the entire time they both have their hands up but nobody really wants none as aj styles would say it's extremely clear that i think especially janella is like not looking to fight there well, why would you want to fight someone in the, in the crowd at a rock concert extremely fair and and, and listen we need to preface this by saying I think we both think Enzo Amore is an insufferable asshole that we are not fans of. Yeah, but I was actually shocked at how Enzo looks taller than Joey. And more Jack. Yeah. And frankly, like five times the fighter, Joey Janelli. And listen, I am the I love Joey Janelli. He's one of my ten favorite wrestlers on planet Earth. We just saw him put on an incredible match last an week. An incredible with John match. Incredible match. But I gotta say, I, I thought the guy looked like he had never thrown a punch before in his life. He goes to big stance and his feet are crossed with like I guess when I heard about it on Twitter, you know how your mind runs sometimes, right, Jam? I'm at mm-hmm. the bar, I'm working, I see these tweets coming, I'm like, if there is a video that comes out of Joey Janela punching Enzo Amore, I might stop watching wrestling, because that's as good as it's ever going to get. <laughs> and so instead, when I see these square up and Enzo looks like bigger and stronger and more capable, I was like... Well, this oh, isn't no. what I was hoping to oh, see. Because no. the opposite would have broken my damn yeah. heart. Well, so imagine if, like, Enzo just absolutely bodied <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. It would be, it would be so sad. <laughs> it would be the worst thing that's ever I'm, happened. I'm conveniently wearing my ZSJ shirt right now. <laughs> I, I That would be truly depressing. Yeah. Do you think ZSJ could beat Enzo Amore? I think he genuinely could tap him out. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like a lot of his holds are not a work. We're, we're both giant marks, so it's worth taking that into account, but I would pick ZSJ there. So they scrub, and all I can think about Madman now is how badly I want to see this, not as a match, but as a death match. Oh, yeah. I want Spring Break 4, Joey Janela versus Enzo Amore in like a 10,000 tack match. I mean, 
is Joey allowed to still do GCW shows with his AEW contract? I'm so here's what here's and I'll break this down because I feel like I have a good chunk of information here because okay. I've deep dove in this. I've read all the tweets. I've read the information. So I'm talking to the perfect man. Then I hope so. I, I mean, in general, but here also. <laughs> but, but so so Janela is exclusive to AEW. In October, starting in October, can't work anywhere else. But there's also a Tony Khan interview from earlier in the year, or sorry, a Young Bucks interview, where they say spring break he'll still be allowed to do. But it's not clear if spring break, it's going to be like AEW presents spring break, or if it's going to be a side a, thing, a, or, or a GCW. joint presentation between AEW and GCW. That's exactly right. I so would actually love to see that, because if AEW can give... Any sort of rub to that company. You, you. I mean, I think long-time listeners know that you and I have a deep fondness for GCW as a company. I can't believe I didn't bring it up off the hop. I watched a GCW show last Wednesday, the, the Backyarders yeah, show. Yeah, that was the one thing we didn't cover in the, the just avalanche of wrestling that we broke so down last week. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed that card. Don't think they can do it all the time with that presentation, but mm -hmm. if they did like a once a year, made like the Backyarder show a big deal. Like the ring was surrounded by trampolines. Yep. And like the 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 entrance, if you like, is, is like just like a piece of plywood with GCW spray painted on it. Did somebody hit someone with a car? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's I, I almost don't want to give away too many of the spots because I'd really like to encourage the listeners to, to, to watch this watch show. I, I really enjoyed it. Janelle was on commentary for the whole thing and does a really funny oh, job yeah. with it. He, he like keeps talking about it that he's drunk and like but he's commentating loose, which really fits the... I just really like this. I, I don't think you'd want it all the time, but it's like a fun sort of escape. I really like that show, but we have so much to get to. Very much a throwback much. to the sort of things that you would see on the internet all the time, like 20 years ago. But done like a little bit better and a mm -hmm. little more productive values. It's really ideal in a lot of ways. But nonetheless, of course, you and I, big GCW guys. Yeah. Um. So I'd love to see that combination. So it's not clear to me if... if it, if he's allowed to do GCW spring break, but then there's this Janela Palooza thing. And, and we've also seen cards from Joey in the past, and the, granted he was injured at the time, yeah. where he was just the booker, yeah. and he wasn't on the cards. Like LA Confidential was a huge, that made all kinds of headlines mm -hmm. because of the Nick Gage versus uh, David Arquette, Arquette match, but obviously like Joey's not on that card, and I'm sure he, was, he still thought it was a huge success, and he wasn't on it. That's exactly right, and, and it was a huge success. Right, I think yeah. by any metric, like those, there's something about those Janela shows that do manage to just break through in a way that other indie cards don't. Uh, and I, I'm not even sure why, to be honest. And that's why he was in the main event of uh, Fighter Fest, that's, and other indie guys aren't. That's period. So, so there's that. Are you Madman Morissette eager to see Enzo Amore wrestle Joey Janela, or do you think this is just like a kind of a waste of time? I've seen both of them. Honestly, if that was the Joey main event match, or or the Joey match on. Ball, or rather, not Ballroom Brawl. More uh, on that later, though. Spring Break 4. I could get into that. Is that... Is it there's a, No, like, it's it's definitely a drop-off from his opponents in years previous. But there's something that is, like, delightfully sideshow about it yes. that does seem to fit the vibe of everything he does. That's the thing. It's like, listen, Sasuke, incredible. But there's something about Janela and... Enzo, that feels very distinctly spring break. Like, Enzo is not a good wrestler. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want that to get lost in the sauce either. Like, I kind of want to see an apron DDT done to Enzo. Can he take it? Yeah. But, and also, like, you know. <laughs> or a DVD, sorry. Th there's plenty of room for guys who can't wrestle on a Joey Janela's spring break card. Uh, Half the appeal is, like, what name can he dig up from the 90s next, well, you know? And listen, this is uh, almost part of a bigger discussion, but, and I think you actually agree with me here, but. I, I almost don't like the, the phrase not can't wrestle there, doesn't know how to wrestle, because there is 
that's a style of wrestling to me. Mm-hmm. The Sandman, like some, there's some risk and looseness that I enjoy. Sabu, like, is, do you think Sabu is a good ring worker? I mean, yes, because he's had entertaining matches, and I have to say the same about si- Sandman. Like, I, I think we've had this conversation multiple times on the show before, yeah. and we've certainly had it many times in person. <laughs> I was gonna say, but yeah. like, Sabu is not, uh, or rather, the Sandman is not a good wrestler. Well, but he understands wrestling. That's right. And I think the Janela shows harness that spirit. And I would even extend that to an ECW spirit in a way. Yeah. And I think GCW and specifically Spring Break shows really get that. You know what I mean though, right? Like, Oh yes, yes, yes. In the technical element, he's trash. But in the showmanship element, he's off the charts. And even, there's the, the, the language of a pro wrestling match. And Sandman knows when to peak things. He knows when to bring them down. And but He can even do it when he's <laughs> completely intoxicated. I mean, I think apparently. it's only when he can do it, if I'm not mistaken. I think, <laughs> I think the, the sober matches are the bad ones at WCW. But uh, So I'm, I'm all in on this Janela Enzo thing. I know that makes me a mark. I know Enzo Amore sucks, but I can't help myself. I feel very drawn to No, you know what? The, like, there is, and I, I'm going to be a hypocrite here because I give impact shit for this all the time right when they sign michael elgin or rich swan or any number of people who are known abusers they just literally callahan they main evented a pay-per-view with a callahan intergender match (laughs) like that is the most insane tone-deaf booking ever especially when that crowd wanted nothing more than to see tessa beat him and he still won Uh, maybe they'll do it again at Bound for Glory, and she'll get her moment. I think there, they are, aren't they? I have no idea. I thought so. But. Uh, regardless, like that, I, I hate it when Impact does that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I've also been like thinking long and hard about sports and the, the NBA and the way NBA sure. free agency works and the the landscape of the NBA. And like when you think about things like that, like it really is important to have a villain. Someone who is like you actively root against on every level. Every part of your body wants this person mm-hmm. to fail. If that's important in real sports, it's absolutely incredibly important in fake sports too. Well, and, and, if and, you- and, and Enzo is 100%, 1,000% one of those people. I don't mean this as a compliment to Enzo, but I think it's going to play that way, which has me concerned. But the guy is a perfect villain for pro wrestling he's bad he's a bad wrestler he got everything handed to him he, he comes blew across, it all he comes, yeah, comes across incredibly arrogant entirely unlikable and all of this with the uh, I, i'm not entirely clear even now what the, what, the charge what happened yeah. With him, yeah but all of that mixed together against a guy i love like it is a good guy bad guy story so whether that's a bad thing i'm very open to that but that is how i feel when i come on this so, mic to be so honest you want to see the match I would love to see the match. All right. I'm sorry. All right. And I know I know that's not a popular opinion right now, but I, I don't know what to tell you. If you're telling me that Enzo Amore might take the Brain Buster from the second rope or the Death Valley Driver on the apron from Joey Janela as the main event of a spring break, I can't tell you that doesn't get my juices flowing. Yeah, no, I right. want to see that. You're right. You're so, right. So I don't know what to say. And then I, there's plenty of reason to believe just from the fact that of the video we saw. Yes, it's very sloppy and weird. Yes. But the fact that there is video at all points towards work. I mean, why was the guy filming? And Joey even said on Twitter last night, he's like, video might come out. His boy was filming. And I was like, that is interesting. But I don't know. Maybe the guy Enzo is trying to make like a you know an internet career. So maybe he does just have his, his brother's a filmmaker. Okay. So maybe he does just have his brother with him all the time. It's like oh, Filming this might be interesting. Constantly. Yeah, just be a streamer now. Yeah. He's done with wrestling. He's gonna be a, a fucking 
streamer. I mean, if I was running with Kaz XL, I'd probably be like, what is my exit strategy well, from this I mean, poison? I don't know, though. Kaz XL, he, he came clean about his struggles with depression and anxiety recently. Yeah, I feel bad. He got a bunch of love and support from a lot of people in the WWE locker room for yeah. that. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> reading his story, like, oh, no wonder you have depression and anxiety. <laughs> Who do you hang out with all the time? <laughs> did you watch that DDP video with Cass? Um, I haven't seen all of it. I got to tell you, I, I actually felt like he was very open talking about his alcoholism and his depression. Yeah. And so good, good for him for turning I, that around. I, but he's still I, a bad wrestler. I <laughs> bet I would see a lot in that that I could probably relate to on some level. Sure. And, and speaking of. Yeah. Uh, do you watch the the AEW Road Two videos? So I was very into the Double or Nothing ones, and yet have not watched a single one for Fighter Fest or um, Fight for the Fallen. So I, I've been watching Road to Fight for the Fallen. Are they still quite strong? Uh, the one that I saw that came out yesterday, I watched it because I was hoping there would be stuff with Sean Spears in it. Oh, they yeah. were they were teasing like a sit down with uh, Jim Ross and Sean Spears to talk about why did you do what you did? Yeah. First of all, the way that they framed that shot, they keep playing it over and over and over again to start the. The, uh, the episode, yeah. of, and it, it made it seem a lot bigger, and it put the the bigness of the moment on Spears instead of okay. on Cody. Good. So I will say that they've handled it well in the fallout. That if is this good. This is the sort of thing that we can expect from their television. It's definitely a one thousand percent encouraging sign. Mm -hmm. I really liked like the cinematography of it, the visual language, the the scoring. I always thought that the Bucks really understood how to do music, even in being the elite. Honestly, I mean, you could stretch that to even they're just good timing guys, right? Yeah. Like even think in ring, I could imagine there's a carryover there. Um. So I don't know how much of them are is still responsible for these things on like a behind the scenes production level. Obviously they were doing everything with being the elite, but I don't know what the video crew for AEW looks like. Yeah, me neither. This. But the, the back half of this video was entirely about the Brandy Rhodes versus Alley match. Apparently Brandy cuts like an unreal promo on it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I heard dude. about this. I got to watch it. She talks entirely about being a, a figure skater as a kid. Yeah. And how she was always like the best figure skater, the pride of the rink, the pride of all of her coaches. But she could never like take it that next step further because she couldn't get over her mental demons. Like you she don't would, deserve she, to be she, here. She would kill it in practice. She'd kill, she says it herself. When there were no stakes, I was always the best there is. When it was all on the line, I always fumbled it. Mm. And it was, and she talks about like kind of mental problems where she's taking herself mentally out of the game and saying, yeah, you don't deserve to be here. You're not good enough. You're going to let everyone down on the national stage. So why bother even getting that far? Just kind of, uh, you know, having uh, mental health issues, essentially. Okay. And I thought, even though it plays with the way that a wrestling match should work, because she's technically supposed to be the heel in this feud. She yeah. said nasty things to Allie. She said it herself. When I'm mean to Allie, it has nothing to do with her and entirely has to do with me projecting my own insecurities. This match is about me overcoming my own mental, uh, you know, uh, hurdles that I have not been able to overcome in the past. It killed me in figure skating. I'm not going to let it kill me in wrestling. And I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this is 
This is like another level of yeah, how saw, you tell a story in I pro wrestling in 2019. I was so impressed. Is uh, Do you know how many episodes of The Road 2 there are? They're, they've done two so far for Fight for the Fallen. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll like binge them right before I watch the show or something as like a, a lead into it. I would or say something. definitely worth your time. Yeah, I saw a couple people buzzing about it. I meant to and just didn't get around to it, so but I'll go out of my way to watch that. I just had to bring it up while we were talking about kind of exploration videos regarding mental health. I was so impressed with this Brandy Rhodes promo. Oh, wrestling is insane, right? now like there is so much going on and i like so much of it like mm-hmm. it's it's an embarrassment of riches well yeah dude i'm like launching this radio show i know we were talking about like well what are we gonna do with top marks yeah. if i'm already spitting takes on the radio mm-hmm. it's impossible to do an interview and still try to cram anything into 45 minutes that i have every week do they want the interview all the time i i'm not sure i think yeah. maybe that might be something i'm putting on myself sure but even still it's like this week I did a I went a I went long with Nicole Matthews and then left myself 14 minutes to talk about yeah. WWE AEW New Japan just impact. Can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah, especially like long-winded like you or I. It's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna touch on one topic in that 14 we're, minutes. We're barely gonna even be able to talk about everything that we want to talk about today in the hour and a half that we have. Yep. Just because there's just so much insanely good wrestling all the time. And you've gotta love it. So let, let's transition over to the WWE where. I think, weirdly enough, Madman, you and I are sort of on the same page about Raw this week, but I think it might be the contrarian opinion. Okay. I saw some people saying, all-time bad Raw. Yeah. Horrible Raw. Yeah. A-, a lot of our group chat was entirely out on this episode of Raw. I think Pollock and Way called it the worst Raw of the year. I don't agree with this at all. Okay. So let- let's say this. First of all. The show was much worse like a month ago. I, I- And I said this last week, but I really think this is going to be the case. I will take a Raw with horrible segments and great segments over just steady gruel the whole time. It's more interesting. Like, a thousand percent. And, and I just didn't think Raw was... There was a... Okay. The Mysterio booking? Awful. How are you going to book Rey Mysterio on a return to get squashed? Awful. I mean, you're also setting up Bobby Lashley for Braun. It could have been you, anyone else. Yeah, you could have you could have just had Bobby work a match against literally anyone. It could have been anybody You're else. Incorrect about that. The Canella stuff, atrocious. The Maria stuff is some of the worst stuff I've ever seen since I've been back, and I've been back as a fan for seven years now. C- couldn't agree more. All historically bad. Yeah. Like. And it just doesn't also it just doesn't add up. Like especially when you know that they have a kid and like they talked openly well, on well, TV. She's supposed to be like a hormonal monster, right? That's the sort it's, of she's, she's become like pregnant Zilla. Yeah, but but like now she's saying like, oh, I don't even know that you could get me pregnant. Well, we know, know we that's don't, true. I don't even know you're the father. Like yeah. why? I'm just not. Why interested. are you putting a real couple through that on television? And it sucks because I may, just may, maybe that's why Seth and Becky have no on-screen yeah. chemistry because they're like, if we do, they're gonna turn us into. This. Yeah, that's listen. I would dodge that. So, so those were bad. And there was something else I really didn't like on the show. I can't remember what. Beat it, the clock. That's beat the always, clock never works. It's never a good stuff. It's never good. So there was some loose stuff, but there was lots of stuff I like. Oh, I remember what, what I hated. You so know much. why I think they did beat the clock this week? Why is it's that? Because Raw was on the same night as the Home Run Derby, which has oh. a countdown clock going on screen the entire time. Oh, is that why? Well, the guys got like four minutes or whatever to hit as many homers as possible, right? Oh, okay. I've never... like, the clock is up the entire time, so maybe they're like. Yeah, it's a big night for clocks yeah. on TV. We gotta get beat the clock out there. It's sad that you could kind of see that going. Sorry, the one thing I remember that I really hated was you have your champs in the revival take two pins. Like that's the yeah. problem with these two out of three falls matches. It's like you needed Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder to get pinned on television. Your champs, like 
you needed that mm-hmm. like that. But I mean, that's how they book champions always, right? It, it, but Especially the two out of three heels. falls makes it no, worse. No, it, it, it does for sure. Like it's, it's like, not fifty-fifty booking anymore. It's like seventy-five <laughs> or eighty percent booking. Yeah, so that that really tore me up. But I I didn't find it a boring show. No, I it, thought there was a lot of good stuff on it. Actually. Can you, something come to mind? Uh, Gary the Goat Garbutt. I know people complained that this was too hokey. I thought it was super yep. entertaining. I was into it too. And also, I'm really, really, really satisfied to see. You know, you know, we talk about these guys, whether it's Buddy Murphy on SmackDown, who Kevin Owens even brought up on SmackDown, yep, or or Cedric on Raw. All these guys who got brought different places in the Superstar Shuffle, but then have not been used one single time. Like you almost do need to give that guy a big time debut, like a reintroduction. Yep. And Cedric got that, man. He got to do his flippy awesome moves as Roman Reigns' tag partner in the main event of Raw. If you're Cedric Alexander or if you like Cedric Alexander, what more could you possibly ask for? Weirdly enough, what it was actually sort of evocative of for me was like an Orange Cassidy match, like the the David Starr one, where it's... Like, I love that uh, the goat, as they call him, Gary the goat. He's dragging like, his leg the whole time. Yeah, he's, like, so like he's like so nonchalant. He can't really wrestle. And then when he starts warming up and then really gets going, that's very exciting it to me. It actually really was like an Orange Cassidy match. It was all I could think of when yeah. I was watching it. It's like, but I like that. It's a great comparison. I, I think I'm really into that. And credit to friend of the show, Jordan Descharmes, who somehow, like, the second he started moving, he's like, oh, that's Cedric Alexander. <laughs> and we were watching live. Like there was no way he could have known. I was like, "What? How did you?" I was like, "I don't, I don't know." And he's like, "Yeah, look at the, look at how he's moving." I was like, "Okay." And then, sure enough, revealed to be Cedric Alexander. Did you have a problem with him taking the pin in this reintroduction? Not really. Me because, neither. Like ultimately. Drew has been positioned as one of your heaviest heavyweights over yeah. the course of the last six months. You can't have Cedric be, you know, beating him or getting over on him. Yeah, I guess you could have had it that Shane took the pin there, but yeah. they don't want to do that before the pay per view either. I, I just didn't really have a problem with it. Me like, the benefits for Cedric in that match strongly outweigh yes. any negatives. That's that's exactly the way to put it. It's just like. Well, he shouldn't have taken the pin. It's like, okay, maybe, but like that's still the biggest spotlight he's gotten. The, and the in. Claymore is, you know, they're putting the Claymore over on the level that they're putting over Trouble in Paradise right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Claymore, has anyone kicked out? I'm not sure. I don't I think don't Roman's think so. kicked out of it, has yeah, he? He grabbed sure. the rope on one. Yeah, I don't. I could be wrong about this, but we I don't have think to check the record books. Yeah, so let's uh, just wins to- and losses really matter in WWE all of a sudden. <laughs> but you know what? I actually thought wins and losses did matter on WWE ah. this week on SmackDown with that Finn Balor uh, Shinsuke Nakamura match. I thought uh. the promos before that match really made stakes in that pinfall. Well, it, 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 a clean finish. Exactly. It, was I was I weird or was that like something of like a low key barn burner television match? It was a very good TV match. I I'm, was really I'm glad into you that. were going to say that because I was prepared to say that exact thing today. Oh. and I know that you're not a fan of either of those guys. Yeah. So I was going to be like, "This is a pretty good match," and you were going to be like, "If you think that's pretty good for those guys, <laughs> give me a freaking break here." No, I was like weirdly into it when they did the the Ray and Eddie spot in the middle of like the I don't know how to describe it, but the where you roll and then you flip like in the guy's guard mm-hmm. and they're trading that. I thought that was all really good. It made me realize that they could heat up Shinsuke and get me back into him pretty quickly, to be honest. Like, when he hits the Kinshasa on the outside, I was like, okay, here we go. Like, I don't think Shinsuke's totally dead for me. But, you know, we talked about last week, what's old is new again, and is that a good idea? Like, Mm -hmm. is it a trap to look back to the past? What they did to set up that match, other than have a good match on TV, is do the thing that they always used to do, like a classic thing of the Attitude Era, that while people are having their entrances, you get a pitcher-in-pitcher promo. But in this case, the pitcher-in-pitcher promos happened to just be 
very serious and of the kind of straight-ahead sport presentation yep. of I'm fighting for a result. You want to get your career back on track? That's all well and good, but you ain't going to do it against me. Yep. Like that, That's all it needs. Exactly. It's And I, and I thought they really delivered on, on the goods in ring, too. But, but there were other good things about Raw. I don't want to skip ahead to SmackDown no. right now. Could I say one that I really loved on Raw and good. it even carries to SmackDown? For sure, go ahead. Uh, I think I'm all in on repackaged Cesaro. I love the, the – I think I've said this on the show, but the Titan Tron of, like, the black and white photos where he just looks super jacked. The and trunks the, look great, too. Uh, and, like, just really – and I like him in the bar, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But but I, I'm really into this, and we, we now know what his match on Sunday is. It's him and Aleister Black. I got to tell you, I think that's the match I'm most looking forward to on Sunday. Like, I think those two could really get something special going. I, I fully agree. And I like the Bond uh, Cesaro returning. I know I'm jumping over to SmackDown now again. It was very but... much like, uh, uh, what's his name, in, in Skyfall, I guess. Uh, Yeah, I, the, the villain of Skyfall. Yeah, well, you know, the dude from uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, Anton Javier Chigurh. Bardem. Yeah. yeah and when Anton Chigurh sits down. <laughs> the greatest haircut in. in cinema history. <laughs> in Skyfall. That's exactly uh, what it was for but, Cesaro. But no, but you're right. Uh, I loved Cesaro, although... I mean, no way, Jose. But that was one of the worst botches I've seen on television in a yeah. while. Like trying to get through the ropes, it just like runs into them. And I know this is because they're both European, but I actually love the way that they over enunciated and just like punched the T on fight every oh, single time. It, well, in that case, Mister Cesaro, oh, I will fight you. Well, and like you say, Cesaro was doing that a ton too. It's like I'm here for a fight. But I just thought the the promo. I thought the laughing in the beginning with Aleister Black was a little forced. Yeah. But the, I thought once after that it was really strong. But let's stick on Raw because I thought that that but, was but, really strong. But this is again what we're talking about. Like if you want to sell a fight, sell a fight. Yes, present a fight. Well, who said it better than you last week on the show? Saying we need to get back to selling matchups. Yeah. And I thought, and I've been saying that all week to people that you made a really good point. It's really stuck with me. Like I, I really think, and I think they sort of heard you to be honest. Like I think, I think Cesaro <laughs> Titus ran that one up the ladder. <laughs> thank again. you, thank you, Titus. Titus, our most powerful listener. But it doesn't take that much. How like, is Titus not one powerful listener of the year yet? No, 2019 ain't <laughs> over yet, baby. There's, we got December's <laughs> awards coming. I think he's uh, sorry, Matt, but I think he's. Or sorry, Rat. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, are you in or out on the Revival's new shirts? Uh, I honestly didn't notice them. Oh, uh, they're, they're sort of a retro throwback in yellow. Oh, I really like them. I was them. on the sports desk on Monday, so every, like, like for two or three minutes, twice an hour, I had to read my cast, and then I'd get back to watching Raw. Uh, I think so. There were, like, a couple things that I missed here and there, but for sure. the most part, I saw everything. Also, on the positive side on Raw, I think everything with AJ and the club is... is tremendous. And, dude, we're talking about how to make stars. They are knocking it out of the park with Ricochet right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. How do we not talk about that? They're really positioned. Apparently, there were some rumors that, like, Paul Heyman is, like, really on Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Like, those are going to be his projects. I hope so. And, like... Yeah, go for it. Braun Strowman already feels heated up again. Not fully, but like... But fuck, like, if you can't make stars out of those guys, yeah. you're not even trying. Yeah, you're talking about two opposite ends of the spectrum, but like sort of masters in their... Not that Braun Strowman's a master, but like at that size, he's the best you have right and, now. And he is one of the best people at doing stunts that I can ever remember. Oh, yeah. He's, if Shane's in that discussion in yeah, a weird you're way... Right, you're but right, you're but right. he's, Braun would still be very, very high register for mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, no, Shane is doing literal stunts. Braun is doing like um, movie magic trickery. Yes, you know? that's right. Yeah, but but both are important. Absolutely, uh, it's just nice to see AJ somehow transition to WWE and be like this super dependably well-rounded makes it work. And like he's elevating the club right now. Like I thought, I thought Carl Anderson was fun. Uh, 
Gallows I'm, I'm was not glad, the best opponent for Ricochet. I'm glad but. that those guys have re-signed, though. Like, yes. they finally, and I read something in the rumor roundup this week that uh, they did re-sign. They do have big plans for them. And because of, uh, you know, they've been offering these $500,000 contracts for five years, yep. which is $2.5 million over five years. That's a good deal of money. But, yeah. you know, I'm coming at this from a pro sports perspective. Mm-hmm. Hockey, basketball, you name it. 500k a year for the amount of time that these guys are out on the road busting their bodies is not enough. No, I agree with you 100%. And, and I read something that WWE is really stepping up their offers because they don't want anyone to leave right now. So it's possible if the Revival do sign these five-year deals that they're going to be offered that it will be more maybe in the 800k range. Or I hope that we can get it even to a million dollars. This is the positive effect of AEW. Yes. AEW is a company that is run by its workers, which means that the company that is not run by its workers has to step up its treatment of its workers if it wants to keep them. I just have to say this because I know we have some MMA listeners who are all yelling right at it. It's exactly like UFC and Bellator guys, I know, and that's the exact relationship. It's just like the smaller company who's willing to pay lights the fire of the ass of the giant corporation one and raises the pay over yeah, there. Yeah, WWE is- should be paying people more. And oh, yeah. Not just because they want to keep people, because it's the right fucking yeah. thing to do. Because it's extremely hard on your body being... <laughs> there's nothing... I mean, especially the WWE schedule. Not that I'm saying anything anyone doesn't Be- know. Because apparently the club initially rejected the offer, and then they came around and signed. So Good business, maybe man. Maybe the Revival end up signing and sticking around, too. So that was Raw. Some high points, some low points. I got one final high yeah, point. Yeah, please, please. And that is the Street Profits. Oh, my goodness. How did we not talk about the Street Profits? I had, a, I had this feeling about them last week, and it really confirmed it the way they were used this week. They're almost like the Greek chorus of Raw right now, <laughs> where, like, it's, you know, yes. the, this is a role in Shakespearean yes. plays where you go to You're like cutting away commoners on the street who are talking about everything that you've seen in the play That's so far. Funny. That's the role that they're filling on Raw, and yep. it is an important role on Honestly. Well, they're great at it. Well, what do we always talk about? We talk about a number of different things, and I think all of them were addressed this week. One of them I'm going to save for when we start talking about SmackDown, sure. but you, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, the, the other thing is like, like things need to intersect. Yes. You need the people in the backstage to act like they exist in the same universe. Yep. The Street Profits do not have their own storyline right now, but they've already established themselves as characters yep. just by talking about what's happening with other people. And why wouldn't, if you were a wrestler in the backstage, why wouldn't you gossip about everything that's going on around you? Of course, you? and especially if you were a call-up and taking it all in. I, I just I, I just love what these guys are doing and how they're being used, especially, I don't mean this to discount them, but... I'm not sure where I am with them as ring workers right now. Mm-hmm. Like they've had great multi man. I think Montez is tremendous. But that said, man, talk now. There's classic Paul Heyman. Like maximize the volume of what these guys are good on. Cut back to how many segments they have this week? Two, three, three probably. I think. And each they of them. Three, was, yeah, three. I'm all in on the the him keep doing the rock thing and, and, it, and yeah, the, <laughs> being stopped from doing that. No, fam, that ain't what we do. And I I just think that these guys are coming across as stars. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's very encouraging to see uh, the NXT call ups actually be you know. 
used. And honestly, like, Angelo Dawkins has it, too. It's not entirely Montez Ford. No, for sure. I'm showing Justin the new Revival shirt. Oh, I love it. A lot. Yeah. I love it. Isn't I'm, that great? going to have to get one of those big, over SummerSlam weekend, I think. Big Scott Dawson had that with the, the sleeves cut off. That's and I was tremendous. Like, it's a little bit of okay and Hulk Hogan too much for my liking. I could understand that, yeah, especially with the yellow. But, Mad Man, do you want to jump on over to the blue brand? Uh, yeah, let's just sit one more thing on the Street Profits. What I think oh, yes. I really love about them is that there is something about the way that they go back and forth that reminds me of you and me. <laughs> what? When they're really? doing when they're doing their little sing songy, we want the smoke. We <laughs> gotta have want that smoke. smoke. <laughs> yeah, it just reminds me of like when we start off an episode by singing back and forth to each yeah, other. Yeah, I, I could There's understand some hashtag that. good friends energy it's, to that act right now, and I really enjoy it. Makes it. me like them even it's more. It's one of the things that I'm liking the most on WWE television right now. But the thing I like best is what started off SmackDown this week. Because, oh, yeah. man, I was really nervous. I was oh. In my mind when I was watching Raw this week, I compared the opening of this week's Raw to the opening of last week's SmackDown, where Raw opened at the table oh, with the commentators setting up everything that you had to look forward to for the rest of the night. They yep. laid out, like, four different matches and a bunch of in like you know non-match segments that were planned. They literally told you why you should sit there and watch mm-hmm. everything that's about to happen over the course of the next several hours. It's a great idea. SmackDown last week started by telling you everything that happened the night before. On Raw. <laughs> and I was really, really worried. I was like preemptively upset that that was going to happen again. Not this week. Instead, we got one of the best SmackDown openings in the last several years. We have questions on this later, so I'll save a couple thoughts for, for when we get to them. But I thought Kevin Owens, uh, I think you and I have both been calling for a babyface Kevin Owens for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that people are saying, oh, it's so shoehorned. It feels like Vince in Austin, just this bad facsimile. Uh, I thought Owens was tremendous here. I thought Shane was tremendous here. I feel more sizzle between Shane and Owens than I felt between Shane and Roman, between this entire feud. Uh, I'm all in on this actually being the Kevin Owens show and him running in and interrupting and being a pain in the ass of the authority. Is using the stunner a little on the nose for this situation? Yes to me, but if he's going to keep promoing like that, go off, King. Absolutely. And you know what was so good about that opening segment? Almost everything. It took place outside of the arena. It did that NXT thing of having a camera set up outside of the facility, and then there's characters in the background. You're spotting the Singh brothers back there. You're spotting Mm -hmm. the B-team back there. It's like the show exists in the real world and Mm -hmm. has its own universe. You keep using that universe word, but you're not actually showing yeah. me anything. Well, and that's the one thing that I can point to these last two weeks since we've had the Bischoff and Heyman, although I'm not sure how much they're actually, but but we're getting more out of the arena, out of the one room, the one camera shot, yeah. somebody walks in, and that is so good. Dude, that segment was killer. Yeah. I And uh, it's in part because Kevin Owens is just so fucking good. So fucking good. And, and it's addressing all of these complaints that you have made about the typical Dolph Ziggler promo that you've been complaining about for years now. When he just came out and did that. I don't know if you saw some of the, the listeners tagging me being like, yeah. did you write this for Kevin but, Owens? But also, like, he's going off on the Ziggler promo saying, have you said this thing yet? Have you said this thing yet? Yep. You always say it. Have you said it should have been you yet? And Dolph is just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I say it all the time. Like, I say that all the time. You do! Sure. <laughs> but, like, him reacting that way is the perfect heel. Yeah, of course. So it freshens up Dolph Ziggler by addressing the ways he's stale at the same time. I mean, I'll give him some credit in the fact that he's been stale enough that it's real, so do, that's do, good. Do you want to see this match? No. Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler on Sunday? No. You don't? I do. 
Oh, I have great news for you. They did it nine times over I know, six I know, last but they've year. talked me into it over the course I'm of these two weeks, that. and that is exactly what we're talking about in terms of needing to sell matches. I, I think Owens... Did he feel like they were sort of going to make him the top guy of SmackDown to you this week? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, to me, I, I've got a you know fantasy booking little blurb here. I don't know if I should drop save it, it for here. the question. Yeah. yeah. Or or when we do the uh, the actual preview of the show. Yes. Yeah. Which we do have to get to. A couple other things on SmackDown. But that, but you're bang on correct though in that Owens in that one confrontation in one segment with Shane, both in the promo and the stunner to end the show, had more heat with Shane. Than he did, A, when they did this feud before. And this feud before, yeah. when it was polarity swapped, or alignment switched, yep. rather, was uh, the incredible. You know how much I like that Hell in a Cell match. Well, I was making the case That's that it might be the best WWE main event of the last several years the other day. Um, main event. Just because it's one of the only main events I can think of that actually gets like 40 to 45 minutes to it tell its story. Yeah, and it's, I mean, so many of them are Brock matches at the top. Yeah, the, how many years did you say? The last two years. The SummerSlam four-way is really good. The Extreme Rules five-way. Brian Brock. Mike was saying Brian Brock. Yeah, but it's not like out of the discussion. I don't, it's, it's, it's in the mix. Yeah, it'd be like top 10-ish, I think. But but I, I get your point for sure. Yeah, so that feud was great. This feud feels already even better. They've only had one confrontation, and it has so much more sizzle than anything <laughs> yes. that they've done with Roman and Shane to this point. <laughs> Owens is just... he's the He is the top guy. He felt like... I, the one complaint that I will agree with about this week's Raw, it did not feel like the go-home show for a pay-per-view. But if you're killing the kind of separation of these brands, Tuesday definitely felt like a go-home show in a huge way. Well, y- listen, you just have to say Eric Bischoff is better at booking a wrestling show than Paul Heyman at what? this point. <laughs> <laughs> All the evidence is to the contrary. But I did think SmackDown this week was lights out. I thought it was an excellent show. Um I weirdly was really into the Page and Iconics and uh, Kabuki Warriors yep. segment. Yeah, uh, I liked Iconics getting trying getting fiery, trying to fight back, and yep. Page telling them, "Don't you? I thought you were sick." Yeah. And they, yeah. Boom! Uh, I liked that a ton. Uh, I thought the wrestling was fantastic. I thought the tag match at the top I thought was the tag promos. Man, you know yes. who impressed the shit out of me on the mic this week? Oh jeez, I don't even know where we're gonna go with this because there's like three guys there that I thought were all good. Tucker. I couldn't oh, yeah, believe yeah, how good he was. Dude, they let him do most of the talking. I couldn't believe how good yeah. he was. I thought he was great. I thought Brian's answering was great. I I thought the tag scene on SmackDown felt hot again. Felt like and it, and you remember it used to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe a year ago at this time. I, I it felt to me watching that show like they heard Dean Ambrose's criticisms of the WWE system yep. loud and clear and they put a mic in everyone's hands and just let them off yeah, the what leash. What can you do? Go yeah, for it. Exactly. That's like that's what it felt like because w- think of a time when you would get that many promos in the last couple of years here on one show from that many different voices and they all sounded unique. I, Jamo, I'm sorry. I have to I have to load my gun here because I, I got to shoot on some people here <laughs> for, for a it. second Do because it. there's Do been it. and I'm not going to name names here, but there's been more than one person who are like Daniel Bryan in the tag division. Like, what are He's we doing? So here? good. It's like, guys, the, the tag division is main eventing SmackDown. Yeah, the matches are awesome. All that of the promos are, match was unreal. It, it, it was the best TV match in ages, and Browler Nakamura was fantastic too. Like you were getting great wrestling on SmackDown this week, and, <laughs> and it's 
Otis and Xavier. He yeah. gave you an incredible television oh. match with Otis and Xavier. Can I talk about two spots in particular in that match? Go for it. The Have you ever seen that before? The double-stalled suplex that Otis pulled on Kofi and Daniel Bryan? I'd never seen... Imagine keeping the balance of two guys who are different weights. So Imagine sick. that. I thought that was great. And then something I had truly never seen before, I'm 100% sure of, is... Ah, oh, shoot. Who was hanging in the ropes? It might have been Otis again. Otis is hanging in the ropes and Bryan, like, slides... Oh, no, sorry. It was Balor and Nakamura. Mm -hmm. Balor's on the ropes and Nakamura slides under Nakamura his legs. started doing this when he was tagging with Rusev. It's a sliding German. That spot off the, is off the rope. It's awesome. Sick. I've never seen a singles match before. Was he doing it against he, people? He was, he was doing it with Rusev when okay, they were Then yeah. I guess I gotta say I've never seen it before. It really stood out to me in that match. It's like I was like, whoa. Well, it's that you just forget Nakamura and Rusev as a tag team because <laughs> yeah, they both come off TV for so damn long. I, I love that spot. It, it reminded me a lot of the Jungle Boy Cannonball on the outside. Like, yeah. I like those spots, I think, on guys starting there and like banging on the outside of the ring as offense. I think mm -hmm. those really cool and sort of uh, nouveau. Um, just a lot of good stuff on SmackDown this week. I was really into it. And it, like a hot show from start to finish. Yeah. No, I will say there wasn't any... Uh you know, Roman on the show last week at all, I don't think. He, no, maybe he hasn't it was two on, weeks ago. He hadn't wrestled on TV before this week in ages. Yeah, he had but he took a week off of being on TV at all. Yeah, I he believe, went on vacation last week, he? maybe. Yeah. And so you had a main event both shows this week. Yeah. He's not the most interesting guy. No, right he's now. not. He's not. And he's there's something about his look that he's lost something <laughs> to, and he needs to be freshened up in a big way. I think maybe we should almost take this conversation and say next week let's get to this because I think the Roman Reigns conundrum is something that needs revisiting and discussing. He's almost a more interesting character now, not his on-screen character, but I mean just the development of him. Because it's always I, been about the meta, and because like. I talked about this last week. I don't have a viscerally negative reaction to seeing him anymore. Yeah. Which I used to. Which is good. It means that, like, we've accepted him as a character and it's not automatic pushback against anything you want to do. But now that that's gone, you actually have to do something different with him. When they just keep a guy in, like, if let's say what it is, wrestling Drew McIntyre forever. It's hard to know if you don't like the guy <laughs> or you're just like not into what the fuck he's up to. Yeah. And I, it's just hard to know what that is, but no, I, I feel so agree. checked out on Roman right now, but really strong SmackDown. Uh, Eric Bischoff. Thank you. You, you, I forgive you for all of 2013 <laughs> TNA and for, uh, but it really was a tremendous show. Honestly, it's one of the best episodes of WWE TV. I can remember in a long time. Good wrestling with clean matches and oh, it's the Samoa Joe promo. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, no surprise to anybody there, but I'm stoked for that one on, on Sunday. I mean, should we just get into the extreme rules break? Do you want to talk about the G one first or after? Yeah, I'll talk about the G one a little bit here. Um, it, for those who watched it... Uh, I only, I've only i only had time to go back and watch one match so which far. Which was it? I, I, I was like, okay, I only got the time to watch the number one thing I'm most interested in, which happened to be the return of Kenta yeah. and the debut of Kenta, I guess, in New Japan. Sure. Kenta versus Kota Ibushi, you promised me that. That's a big-time thing that I'm interested in. Well, not the debut of Kenta, but yeah. The well, return. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the return. So what did you think of the match? Uh, I, I greatly enjoyed it. But all stiff I, as hell. All I heard was that this was, like, not even in the top four matches on this show. <laughs> it feels I don't want to say that about, like, the one you watched, because that feels like... But, but I really, really liked it. So that bodes yes. extremely well for the rest of this show. 
I think Osprey is just like having a year right now. You know when you can see that in mm-hmm. a guy. It's like AJ's first, like the 2015 AJ, where it's just like this guy's just firing all cylinders. Every match is lights out. I mean, who gives a fuck about Lance Archer? Lance Archer's been hanging around since when is he in TNA? 2004, probably five. Like what? Four, 15 years? Something a long time ago. I think this is the best match Lance Archer's ever had. I was really into him and Osprey, and they they use some tricks. They go through tables and whatnot. But, but there, so there's that. But my lord, I, I got to eat some words, Jamo. When you're wrong, you're wrong. And I was wrong. I, I pushed back on somebody saying that one of our listeners in our Patreon chat saying that they thought Sonata would be the next guy they'd really like it to see. It was Matt Reynas. Matt Reynas, the powerful listener of the year. So, Matt, I was wrong. You were right. Uh, after watching him wrestle ZSJ, boy, I liked that match. Uh, I really enjoyed Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata from the G1 it's this because weekend. because his beard is so stupid looking right now. That might be why you, uh, it's, you're not digging it. I really think that he can have an Okada takes off the pants to reveal the trunks moment. When he breaks out from, from the tagging with Evil and goes to full singles heavyweight, I think that if he wears like one of those half face masks, some sort of balaclava, and does not reveal that his face isn't shaved... And then he pulls it off to reveal a clean face. I think people would pop for that. I think people would be happy for the return of handsome Sonata, the clean baby face. Oh, I, that, that is definitely a trunk style reveal. That's a moment. And so I, I really would go out of your way to watch this. I mean, watching guys wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. is just always interesting because his reversals just add a bit of subversion to matches where he can get to a submission from anything. I just really enjoyed this match. I was watching it on the Sunday morning. The whole card is very strong, and I don't know if we have time for a full breakdown here, but I really liked that match. I thought Osprey really got something out of Lance Archer, and I thought Kenta and uh, Abushi were uh, stiff as hell, and you know I what? enjoyed That's, it. That match isn't the only thing that I've seen. Oh, what Because else I did watch both the pre-match and post-match promos oh, my gosh. from Zack Sabre Jr., who might be the best promo in wrestling right yeah. now. And he was already very good over the last several years. I feel like he has taken it to another level. It is like his promos right now not to be like art or not art. No, yeah. Art. Dude, full art. art. Big time art. For last year's G1, I don't know if you remember, but I edited together some Zack Sabre Jr. promos and put them out on the top marks. I'll be doing that again this year because some of them have just been tremendous. I hope he complains about the warm beer again, though, because that is my favorite Zack Sabre Jr. I, I absolutely loved him responding to people calling him uh, like wet spaghetti on the internet. Yeah. Just saying, yeah, he's like, yes, I am. I'm the noodle man. Oh, yeah, the noodle man. He called himself the starch solution. That's how... How, you, you, there's nothing better than that. There, there is nothing better. Everybody makes mistakes. Brian Eno worked with Coldplay. What are we doing here? <laughs> dude, who's better than this? Dude, Zack Sabre Jr. is a top seven or eight wrestler on earth right now. Yeah, in terms of the full package. Full package. He, and I might even say top five. He's, yeah. he's, he's in the best in the world conversation yeah. for sure. I, I genuinely agree with that. Uh, Madman, before we jump into the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, I'm going to ask you to hit pause because for the first time in recording top marks, I'm going to go to the washroom in the middle of recording. All right. We are back from our bathroom break, and Josh has a breaking news bulletin. Thank goodness we did that, Madman, because Joey Janela just tweeted something. He said, and I'm just going to quote this, Mm -hmm. because I had said that he didn't look like he really knew how to fight, and this makes me feel a little bit better that maybe he would have had a chance. He goes, I wasn't scared. I was absolutely bombed before the footage you see. We had a little scuffle. My glasses were already on the ground. He punched me in the face, and I held my finger in his face, and then my friend told me his boy was filming, so I was hesitant to continue. So apparently Enzo did hit Janela. But yeah. this is that a work then? Is he just saying that? Why isn't that part filmed? I don't know. 
But the fact that he's just like, I was absolutely bombed. It's like, God bless you, Joey Janela. I love you. We love you, Joey. I love you, Joey. We love you, Joey Janela, here on Top Marks. But, man, man, should we get into breaking down the Extreme Rules card this Saturday night? Yeah, let's do it, Sunday night. Sunday. There's so much wrestling. There is a lot going on this weekend because, I mean, you and I could sit here and do a preview of everything going on. Fight for the fall. For the next hour, basically. Fight for the Fallen is this Saturday, and so is Evolve's anniversary show. And that Evolve show looks tasty. I really was impressed by the promo video that they put together for it on Raw. I know you were feeling like it might have been a little false advertising. It it was cool, and you you did make it. Maybe we should just talk about it here like we did before, because you did make a good point. I felt like it was a little misleading, just because I was watching that, and I was like, is Walter on this card? Mm-hmm. Is Cedric Alexander on this card? No, we're getting Adam Cole versus uh, Akira, Akira Tozawa, Tozawa. Which is money. And we're getting, um, is it Velveteen Dream versus Drew Gulak? Like there's some, a match. Is it? I think it's Gulak Riddle, isn't it? Yes, you're probably right. Yeah. I could be mistaken about that too. I think it's Gulak Riddle. I just remember there was two matchups at the top that I was eager to see. But I'm also just, I like tuning into a show that I don't watch all the time with people that I do know all the time. I was just impressed at how they went out of their way to make this company that is not theirs feel very important to them. Like yes. it was it was a highlight reel basically displaying yes, you're right. It, it included a lot of people who are not going to be on the show, but what they were showing you is that like Evolve is the NXT of NXT. Yeah, Every, and it is. Everyone that you love who's gone on to be on our main rosters and on NXT or 205 or whatever they all come from this pipeline. This is important. Yeah. And I know that they're only doing that out of pettiness towards AEW, but like, <laughs> it's ultimately a good thing that it's happening. It's like, listen, I, I don't need to watch everything live. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be lots of good wrestling this weekend. Well, Jesus, we're going to Ballroom Brawl on Saturday night, too. So we're going to have our work cut out for us. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of right. And more on that Ballroom Brawl. I got a question later, and I'm excited about First Man Man. How about we break down a little bit of the Extreme Rules card? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to start at the top or bottom? Let's we can go s- bottom to top. All right. The show is opening with the revival. Taking on the Usos for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Let's go. Yeah. Dash was getting into it with people who were Dawson. Mad. Yeah. Was it Dawson? Yeah. Okay. He was getting into it with people in the replies of the announcement to this match because people are mad that the women are not getting a tag title match. That's a storyline, though. We saw the segment on Tuesday. Yep. The champs are trying to duck all challengers, and they'll probably continue to do that until SummerSlam. Well, Dawson also brought up a good point. He's like, the Raw Tag Team titles of course. haven't been defended well, in ages, yeah. and the women's were on Mania. These are women who are lumping all men's tag team wrestling together. The SmackDown tag Tag team champions have been on every show, basically. Yep. But the Raw tag belts have barely been on TV, never Period. mind being on pay-per-views since, yeah, I think Dawson said it hadn't been defended since Fastlane this on is the a, main card. It, this is like a, a definitive, if they get time, it's going to be a barn burner match. Oh my god, how could like, this be bad? Like, this matchup should be the tag matchup, but I'm just nervous because it's such a deep card on Sunday that... Uh, they've done such silly things in this feud. Yeah, like Usi Hot yes. still uh, ringing around, but yeah, boy... But she balls an asshole. I'll say this. These guys have a great match in them, these four. So, sorry to people who found this podcast after my professional radio show and just heard me lament the itchy balls and asshole angle yeah. that ran earlier this year. Yeah, on the radio, he's never talking about itchy assholes, which... <laughs> Frankly, is why the show's just not yeah. going to... Well, I wish I never had to talk about that. No. That like, How can people yeah. say this week's Raw was the worst of the year when we've seen the Usi Hot oh, segment? Geez. I mean, that's when I think of like worst segment of the year, and, it's that and the Canellises. And just embarrassing people that we hold so dear also, uh, other than Mike Canellis. Not that we hold him dear, though I kind of like the guy. That is... Yeah. Yeah, I guess. 
<laughs> Next, but yeah, who who you got winning here? I guess it doesn't really matter because either way, <sighs> if you switch it onto the Usos, that kind of is reinvigorating your tag scene. Just having this match is reinvigorating your tag scene in the first place. It's weird because I felt like commentary kept talking about it was like seven time champs is what the Usos would be, which is they're already more than the New Day, but maybe like extend that. Mm-hmm. I just felt the way commentary was saying I actually was getting the sense that the Usos are going to win, even I just, though I don't really understand why they would. I want featured prominence for the revival and because they got pinned twice in a row on monday i have to think that they're going to pin a win yeah. themselves i uh, hope you're right Sunday. man yeah put me down for the revival just because i never want the top guys to lose top guys doing top guys things that's me too bud put them down for it i love this card i really got to be honest this is i've been I, I, more there's some bullshit at the top we're yes. gonna get there yes but, but but everything in the undercard looks fantastic it is hard to believe this is the same company that just ran stomping grounds and super showdown in the same month no kidding i mean like even the stip here in braun Strowman versus bobby lashley last man standing is perfect here and they have sold this feud so well it's exactly what i was talking about last week sell a match yeah they sold a match here and if you told me that I was going to be excited about these two guys two weeks ago, I would have told you to get out of town. I'll go Are you a step. Me? I'll go a step further. I think easily the most excited I've been for a Bobby Lashley match ever. Yeah, <laughs> same. Ever. Absolutely. <laughs> like, That's bang on correct. Uh, so I, I, I mean, the feud's been good. I think if these, this is sort of the opposite of the last match. Where I think you just do an 11-minute car crash between these two. You just go to town, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at Mania style, mm. like beat one another up. I think they're going to heat up Braun Strowman. Well, do, you, do you remember? We've been doing this show for so long that you and I once previewed a pay-per-view that had a prominent match on it that was Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Kane wow. in a universal yeah. title triple threat match. Jesus. And the way we were looking forward to that was that, like, I want it to be a monster movie. Yeah. I want them. I want the city to be leveled at the end of it. What you got was two choke slams. But, but we could get that here. The way well, they've teased this and built to it, I I'm picturing like the cataclysmic results of a Godzilla movie. There's a giant stunt in this match, right? Like they're going to do something that holds Bobby Lashley down that is cataclysmic. There has like, to be. Uh, so I'm I'm eager for this one. Or Lashley could even win here, man. I don't think Strowman loses anything. Like, if if the finish of this is a massive stunt. Well, and does it have to be the end if it's a last man standing? There's a lot of ways out of that that you could continue the feud to. Yeah, I just, I just, like, if you're, but if you're, if this is the most interested that you've ever been in Bobby Lashley, why have him lose right now? Yeah, no, that's true. Are you picking him to win here? I will, I will. Going with Lashley, yeah, I saw some other people making that case too. I'm going to stick with Braun, but that's basically based off the rumors, which mean nothing. I do of, agree with you that Braun needs to be built back up again. But it's not like Lashley doesn't. Lashley's that's never true. had that kick at the can since he's returned. That's true. And former ECW, WWE ECW champion Bobby Lashley. Uh, so but maybe so Paul Heyman uh, has a, a liking for the guy. Uh, well, maybe Heyman hates him because that was the era where <laughs> Heyman had no control. So it was yeah. like, all right, Bobby Lashley's your champ. It's like, fuck this guy, maybe. We'll see. Uh, Madman, they're going at it again, and I'm still looking forward to it. Ricochet and AJ Styles getting down. Look, I know a lot of people were complaining. I don't know if they're just facetious surface-level complaints, though, because we love to complain about WWE. Right. I was seeing people talking this week about, oh, you're going to put a match on pay-per-view that we've already seen three times now? Oh, yeah, we folks. saw it three times, and it was great every time when it actually happened. Here's the one thing where the way that they structured TV over the course of the last month actually is in service of pay-per-views because Mm. if you're going to put a stoppage every time you go to commercial, 
I'm not seeing the continuous 25-minute match that I want. You're basically dangling a movie trailer in front of me. Over and in, over. In like four-minute bursts of, of a match that looks very good. And on Sunday, I'm finally going to get it. I, I just had this horrible alternate universe thought that they make this one a two out of three false <laughs> match. <laughs> That'd be awful. But this this has been extremely well built. Yep. I'm all in on this pairing. I'm really excited about what is happening for the characters of all four guys in this match. Yep. These are the sorts of things that we have not had to be excited about in WWE over the course of the last year or so. Like, the fact that we can talk like this at all, no matter what happens on Sunday, is a very good thing. Who wins? Got to be Ricochet, right? Yeah, I think so too. I don't think you cool Th- off. That's at this your point. project right now. AJ Styles is at that point where he's invincible to results having any sort of effect on our perception of him. He's amazing, man. He really is AJ Styles. He is really something amazing. And you know what? I got to eat crow here because I wasn't sure what the hell they were doing with him after yeah. having him lose clean to Seth. This was the storyline that they told that he has become a guy who loses and then shakes people's hands afterwards. Yep. And it drove him insane. And now he's got his buddies back and with him. And he's better as a heel. He just is. He has a confidence to him on the mic that fits his personality better when he's being evil. I can't say he's better because he, he's also a he can do shiny. Ev- he can yeah. do everything. But he's the the promos are better as a heel. He's just great with the club, I think. Yeah. I think maybe that's what I, that pairing, those, the three of them really just definitely like, benefit from it too. Oh, I mean, well like beat up John Cena is some of the most entertaining stuff that they have done. Period. Yeah, it's like that's a good comedy heel cuz yeah. it's not like schmucky. They don't come across as non-threats. They're vicious. They're, they're but they're like goofing off. They're yeah. like, "Ah, oh, this guys a putz. They're bullies," you know? Exactly. It's I really like it. Madman, my think, p- think about how far that the club has come, though, from those nerdometer T-shirts. Oh my lord! Speaking of T-shirts, was the scientists and shit? <laughs> yeah. awful. Yeah, you remember? I'm, that? I'm glad that they're back to the like Japanese characters, yeah. like gas mask logo. That always worked for the me. The three of them together are just a working combo. I want that T-shirt to come back too. I want it. Those who are complaining about Ricochet and AJ Styles having connected a couple too many times should uh, really be excited for Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Two mm-hmm. guys who have never cross paths as far as I know. Well, it seems like the whole thing, and you mentioned the botch earlier, but the whole thing that they've been doing with having Cesaro work in these plugs, specifically No Way Jose on Raw for the last couple <laughs> Total weeks, plug. seems to just generally be to remind us that he exists mm-hmm. so that he's not entirely on our mental back burner yep. while they basically send our truth and Drake Maverick running through his matches, basically. Yeah, true. But, like, would you have ever picked him as the guy that was going to be on the other end of the door for no. Alistair Black. No, I wouldn't have, but I'm, I'm happy to be surprised. Yeah. I think it's great. The only thing I would have liked, there was such a natural story that commentary didn't mention. They're both European, and I, it's punch versus kick. Like, mm-hmm. the European uppercut versus the black mask. Oh, like, big time. I, I wish they would have done that. It's like, these two are going to be striking in close proximity, and they're going to find out who's going to get the better of exchanging in the pocket. Something both these guys like to do, and the battle for Europe. I would like commentary to sort of latch on to that. I just pictured Cesaro European uppercut in the black mass coming in oh. and it, it's it's almost like the visual in my mind is almost on the level of like Mjolnir hitting yeah. Captain America's Next. shield like the, it's the two like smash combinations unstoppable that you can object make. and movable force I, I hope they can uh, elaborate a bit on that in commentary or at least it plays out in ring I want to see these two exchanging in the pocket hell yeah I, I just think there's a really good match to be had here and I'm super pumped for it me too Who I think we both agree that black has to win but again yeah. it's one of those things where 
just having a good showing reinvigorates Cesaro and makes him fresh in our minds again. Could Cesaro win here? I don't think so. You think it's – yeah. You, I, for the big debut, you need to give a guy a win. I'm stoked for this one, man. Uh Dan- oh, man, this card, this is, this is not part of this card, but something that I just want to throw out real yeah, yeah. quick. Speaking of mystery opponents and promos and trying to fit characters together, did you get the impression at all watching Ali's promo on SmackDown oh. this week? Yeah, we that, didn't even talk about that. That he might be the guy to take on Bray Wyatt? No. Because I did. He was talking about fighting evil within yourself. I- That's what that whole promo was about. I took it sort of as like he's becoming a superhero. Well, that's sort of what his deal yeah. is too. He's cutting these like very much superhero like style evil promos. Evil will dominate. Food. I hadn't really thought about that. It. C- I'll say this. I'll be disappointed if that's what this is leading to. I feel like they're both in these fun out of arena promos, and yeah. I don't want them coming together. That's just how I feel about it. Fair. It's just like everything that he was talking about, I could place yeah. within the Bray universe oh, as well. I totally get what you're saying. But, but I mean, you and I were talking a couple weeks back about how it could be Alistair and Bray because they both have doors as yeah. well. So maybe the inclination is just to play matchmaker with these people that don't have matches right now. Where is Firefly Funhouse? The, we're seeing the puppets week after week. Not this week. There was one this oh, week. Oh, was there? On Raw. Yeah, the, the, the pig man was in the background when Ricochet was walking out to the ring. I don't care. I want the show. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the fucking puppets. But, 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 okay. <laughs> I miss Firefly Funhouse. I agree with you, but I'm seeing these headlines on all the blogs being like, where is Bray Wyatt? Who do you think is working the puppets when the puppets appear on Raw? I want Bray. I want Firefly Funhouse. But like, they all have his voice. He is the puppeteer of all these characters. Did you see that uh, tweet come out that all the characters' first names when you put them up the first level spell, the first letter spell harm? No. Yeah, the the pig's name starts with H, and then Abby the witch, Ramblin' Rabbit, and Mercy, uh, the, Mercy, the, Mercy buzzard. the buzzard. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like Horatio the pig. I can't remember something with an H. The Devil Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. I love it. Madman, this card is really something. As Daniel Bryan and Rowan are taking on the New Day, this are taking on Heavy Machinery in a triple. rip. How, how are they going to fit in all these matches? Man, you know what? Not to bag on Mike because he's not here to defend himself. Sure. But these people who want to be endlessly pessimistic about everything with the WWE have to be willing to eat some crow at some point. Your pessimism cannot just last forever. You can't say, well, it's never going to amount to anything about everything. Because what what did we hear all of last month? Well, sure, Daniel Bryan's going to do this match with Heavy Machinery right now. Yeah. But in three weeks, they're just going to be job guys who are forgotten again. No, Daniel no. Bryan made them into stars. Otis just pinned them. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that happened. So you cannot just default pessimism on everything forever. You have to admit that the things that you've been pessimistic about for the last two months are not playing out. We've talked about six matches so far. I want to see all six of these matches. Me too. So whatever you want to say about that. Hard for me to pick a winner here, man. I, th- I this Daniel Bryan's not done. Yeah, but he can lose without getting pinned it's here. It's true. It's true. And stay in the picture, which is why I think they do go off of him here. Really? Yeah, I think you might pin Xavier here. Mm. I don't, and put them on heavy machinery? Yeah. I think it's too soon for that. I, I could I sort of agree. Though at the same time, I you got to do something with Kofi for SummerSlam, and I don't – maybe it's Smojo again. What's what's Kofi's dream match for SummerSlam right now? I just said this to to our pal Jordan Sharm last night. It's like I think Joe might win on Sunday. Really? Because I was kind of fantasy booking in my head uh, Kofi versus Andrade. Oh my lord! Yeah, who's complaining about but that? But that might be too soon. I'm just picturing like Zelina doing her uh, apron <laughs> Hurricane Ranas on like Big E. Yeah, I mean, that would be absolutely dope. I would absolutely love that. Uh, who are you picking in this one, Jim? We obviously think it's going to be a great match. 
Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I just think there's still money left in this Rowan Bryan pairing, and I don't think it's time to take the belts off him yet. You know what? My gut says you're right, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I'm going to go with heavy machinery here. Even though they got the pin and stood tall at the end of SmackDown, which I know people say is the curse for it, the stats don't really reflect that, folks. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to go with heavy machinery here. I think so far I'm only picking belts staying on people, so give me, uh, yeah, that's true. Give me the heavy machinery. You do need some title changes. That's what they always do. At least one. Drew Gulak's first title defense coming up on a pay-per-view here, taking on Tony Nese for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. I don't follow 205 Live, so these ones are always hard for me to pick, but I'm going to say Drew Gulak retains because I really like Drew Gulak. I think you've, you've waited so long to give him a run at the top. It's got to last a while. Mm-hmm. Drew Gulak has to have like five, six months at the top of this show right now. And this show needs a heel like him to build baby faces on the chase because there are tons of baby faces. Like you have all kinds of fresh matches with baby face guys on that show right now for yep. Gulak to go against. Like give me Drew Gulak versus Humberto Carrillo next month. You are the Humberto but, Carrillo but he's guy. He's so good, man. He is I gotta watch he more. is amazing and he is someone that if they did a Gulak versus Carrillo match and put it on the main card instead of being an opener pre-show match. Yeah. Like, you would sell people on 205 Live with that match. I hope they do then, man. Uh, you are picking Gulak to retain? Yeah. Yeah, me as well here. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. Wow, I'm, I'm coming unglued for this one. I'm, re- I'm ready to see these guys go at it for the WWE Championship, something that truly seemed impossible last year. Yeah, man. Uh, you know what? When we talk about guys coming up from NXT and, and being misunderstood or misused on the main roster, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it, it seems like it's a bad thing to be a, uh, somebody that they don't see as truly a top guy, somebody who's a quote-unquote enhancement talent. Yeah. Samoa Joe to main roster WWE on both brands that he's been on is used on the main roster the way that Tyler Breeze is used in NXT. Go on. In that he is like the guy who puts top guys over. Right. He's never going to win the big one, or he hasn't yet anyways. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I actually think he's really good at it. And and it says something about him that he can lose continuously, but because he's such a great talker, you're automatically reinvested in whatever he's doing at any point. Uh, I'm going to even magnify and glass the great talker thing, because I think I I, sort of isolated what I think is so good about Samoa Joe this week. He's Mm -hmm. really good at making things personal. Like, it... It's like these feuds feel like him versus people and their family and the people they love, and he's gonna tear everything that they, they everything they stand for. He's ruthless. He's ruthless, and I love him, and I love you, Samoa Joe, and I'm picking you to win the WWE Championship this Sunday. <sighs> I'm not gonna do it. I just think I know my picks are bad. I, I can't help it. I, again, like I said about Brian and Rowan, there's still money left in this title reign. Yeah. There are still matchups left to have in this title reign. Oh, I agree. I want Samoa Joe to get his day at the top, but it's also something that. Even if he does it as a heel, I want us to earn that moment, and I don't feel like the time is is there for it right now. I think it would just be a quick flip. I think then they would rematch at SummerSlam, and okay. Kofi would take it back. That's but maybe I'm just yeah. up my own ass the, and dreaming the, the about SummerSlam. Samoa Joe. Crowd gets to celebrate another Kofi victory, and he's recaptured. You might be onto something there, but I don't know. I just I want to see Kofi win. I like this. I like the idea of Kofi as a singular ass kicker who is doing things on yep. his own. We talked about AEW hitting the exact perfect note in the mock. Janela feud. WWE's done it here with Joe versus Kofi. Kofi is out to prove that he does not need his boys. Yep. That he is a top guy all by himself, which is, 
you know, kind of kind of the knock on him when it was trying to pick, like, you know, when, when whenever we would talk about who's getting the singles push when Big New Day e. collapsed. Exactly. Yeah. It's always Big E. And it, now? It was never Kofi. It's so clear it should have been Kofi to me. This is a great title reign, and Kofi is a great champion. For sure, but, like, that's what this feud has become yep. about. No, it's I agree. It's the perfect storyline for it. And if that's the story you're telling, I think Kofi sort of needs to win also. I think there's – that's – you've sort of talked me out of my pick. Uh, <laughs> this one's sort of a weird one, Madman. Bailey t- t- defending the Women's SmackDown Championship 2v1 against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Kind of a weird build here. I don't hate it as much as some others besides – Truly abhorrent promos by Bailey, but really good stuff by Nikki Cross. Bailey's promo on SmackDown was good, I thought. It was one on Raw was bad. I thought the one you're talking about the contract signing one. Yeah, I just it, there's nothing that'll expose an okay promo as a bad promo than being across from a good promo. That's true, and, Nikki's and I felt been like very good. I felt like Nikki was just dusting her like both nights. At, well, certainly on Raw, I thought like yeah. Bailey was awful. On Nikki's Raw. promo on Raw was very good, and even on SmackDown, she had like two sentences that didn't even make sense. Like I, I can't remember them right now. But there was one that like she just ended a sentence, and Nikki Cross like literally just started laughing because like it didn't. <laughs> you know, she was like, uh, I just I don't know. Well, there were some slip ups for sure on the Raw promo when she was oh. like, she's been using you her whole career. When I think what she meant to say obviously is she's been using people like you yeah. her whole. career career uh but i i, I kind of I, I like the the cross pairing with alexa to be honest i think cross feels big time mm-hmm. uh and i don't think she's that you can't pick her to win the 2v1 handicap but i'm very interested in nikki cross right now i don't know i, th- I feel like the bailey promos this week just made explicit the exact subtext that we talked about when we said why when i made the case for why this is uh the wild card rule done right at the end of Stomping Grounds? Yeah. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And they just spelt it all out for everyone to be, you know... Not that it wasn't no, obvious no. before, but I that's sort of mean. what they did. And sometimes, that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I, uh, what I'm really curious about he- this match is, it feels like this is the natural point for Sasha to come back. Yeah, and for sure. They and keep talking about the best friend. There's a chance it'll be on Raw Monday and or SmackDown Tuesday instead. Yeah, they do that. Though Sasha is technically on Raw and Bailey's on SmackDown at the same time. When has that stopped them from doing yeah. anything in the last month and a half? How sad is it that I didn't even know that? <laughs> well, I had no idea. That, that's the problem right now, though, dude, is people will come out and it's like, what show is this person even on? Yeah. I don't even know anymore. Especially from, like Sasha who's been out of the picture. Like Now that you say it, it's like, oh, yeah, right. They lost the, the tag team. The, the, I, I will say the one thing that this week that really suffered from that in terms of like the brand split actively hurting the program yeah. um, was – or the lack of respect for the brand split, I should say, was the main event with Dolph. Because you've got Elias and Drew surrounding the outside of the ring attacking Dolph's opponent. Yeah. Drew and Dolph being that close together and not acknowledging it in any way felt very bizarre. Yeah, it's me. like, hey, you guys were... Uh... For a fucking year. Yeah, you don't remember when he's... He, neither you look any different. <laughs> <laughs> you remember he, he's when he yells, he sounds like he's crying. You don't remember him? The Scottish guy? You don't... <laughs> but to support the... Uh, Sasha might be coming back this week, Yeah, whether that's on Raw or SmackDown or the pay-per-view itself. She was down in Jamaica recently, posting a ton of videos on social media about this, like, tropical vacation that she took. Cool. And while she was down there, all of the photos and videos of herself had her with her natural black hair looking like an ordinary civilian. human being. And uh, she was training in Japan this week. Oh, sick. Doing drills with Mako Satamura. Badass. And she said it was, like, the thrill of a lifetime. Guess what color her hair was? Oh, she back to purple? Purple. 
The purple rides again. Sign, seal, delivered. She's Sasha Banks return confirmed. No, she's like, why would you do that if you weren't about to come back? No, you know? it, if you were looking like a civilian and then went back to your wrestler look, it sounds like the return's coming. Of CM Punk? I hope so. Wow. Sasha so- dyed her hair as a signal that CM Punk is returning. I mean, okay, so purple hair. Purple Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid non-alcohol. Non-alcohol CM Punk. CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk. CM Punk. <laughs> All right, J-Mo, we're getting into a little Bailey's bit. Bailey's retaining her title, though. Yes, yeah. yeah. Re- regardless of return or not, I, I see Bailey winning here. I also liked the, the Nikki promo in that Bailey was making very good points about, like, you're being used right now. Why isn't she doing this by herself? Why are you doing this for her? They made Nikki become unreasonably unhinged and, like, double down on bizarre, absolutely crazy things. Does that sound like someone you know? Who, when called out, doubles down in extremely bizarre ways. How about this next match here? uh, (laughs) There's something about that that perfectly fits the kind of naive character that she's supposed to be. Because when when the inconsistencies get pointed out to her, it enrages her. And there's something that's like perfectly immature about that that matches everything the character's done so far. Totally agree. And I thought her counterpoint was actually quite decent where she was like, well, where are your friends, Bailey? Like, here you are, some sort of expert on friendships. You have no one left. Like, I have a friend. Alexa is my friend. And it's like, it's obvious she's been hypnotized, but it it is true that she has a friend and Bailey does not. And so I I thought that was an interesting cut. Very good. Very good. Uh, Good stip on this match is The Undertaker and Roman Reigns take on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-bar match i really really hope that roman attacks the undertaker and alive it should have been cena but this is what i want so freaking bad is like this is kevin owens was so good on the show this week sorry doing a show for radio has changed my brain already (laughs) kevin owens was so good against shane this week that it became clear to me that you could instantly fix all of wwe's television by making, if you want to, if you want to signal to the viewing audience that change is here, that we're making the sweeping changes to the product that you want to see, make the friggin' change that we've all wanted to see. Pull the trigger, make Roman heel, make Roman part of this Shane stable, and do Shane and Roman versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns already worked when they were alignment swapped when uh, Owens was a heel. It would only be better right now, and people would be, like, give Roman something to sink his teeth into. This is such a magnificent idea. I really, really like this idea. And, like, let me be clear. I feel like a moron returning to the one thing that has been fantasy booked more than anything yeah. over the last five years. Oh, Roman Reigns Hilder. But this is the time to do it. Like it, would, it would fix everything. Like if he just smokes Undertaker with a chair or something? Yes. Yeah, dude. Like, it's – I would just love that. And it feels like the moment – I don't think it's going to happen here. I think you're going to get – I don't think so either. Uh, I don't even think Taker's going to wrestle all that much in this match, to be honest. I think he's going to be like, I respect you for retiring me, even though I'm still wrestling. And I'm going to leave my hat in the ring again. Yeah, and I, it's only because I forgot it there because I'm old and I'm not going to come back for it because walking the ramp takes me eight minutes. So, Madman, I need you to listen to how I phrase this next question sure. very specifically, sure. okay? Of the four people in this match, mm-hmm. I want you to rank one to four from who you're most interested in watching wrestle to least interested in watching wrestle. Okay. Between Undertaker, Roman Reigns, Shane McMahon, and Drew McIntyre. Because uh, I think you're going to realize you're not that interested in watching any of them wrestle. I'm going to go Shane number one. Yeah, same here. 
Roman two. Same. Drew three. Taker yeah. four. Isn't that insanity? But I had to debate it whether I'd go Roman or Shane at one. But neither of them. You're not scorching hot to see these. I things. should want to see Roman do things. Roman is fun. I really liked the main event of SmackDown this week, which yeah. was a one-on-one match with Dolph Ziggler. Did you really like the main event of any of the past couple Manias? No, <laughs> yeah. no. But, like, the, 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 that match had a hot finish, yep. not just the stunner on Shane. I thought Roman was really good in it, too. Yep. They, they timed it out perfect. The, the, the ID came up, like, right as the three count was counted like yeah. they went off oh. the air can we talk within, about that within touch? five seconds basically how good was that hits the spear thing comes up one two three but off it was air. exciting and it was a great way for the yes. show to go off the air you yeah, ended on the highest of high points yeah like roman in the out. ring can be good man it's just they're giving us nothing to glom onto right now roman in the ring can be good there's no doubt about it i don't know if he can be great but that's fair remains to be seen that's fair uh, well, with the right partner, I guess I can think of great Roman Reigns. But yeah, matches, I think but. we agree that the baby faces win here, yeah. unless, unless the turn. I would love to see it. It's a it's a no holds barred match. Technically, he could just spear Taker and leave him for Shane. I or, would fucking love I it. Mean, I would lose my mind. And you're right. It really gets them back on track for some things. And Taker's a good guy to do that against. You remember when it used to be like the big hot booking to like turn yeah. Cena heel on Taker at Mania? But dude, we got to turn around and really get going here on some SummerSlam programs. Yes. SummerSlam is not that far away. And we're going. And, but like if, if they said that the main event, it, like I don't have tickets to SummerSlam right now. Yeah, me neither. I, we only have NXT tickets. Yep. We've been debating whether to go or not. Yep. If they announced on Monday after this pay-per-view that the main event of SummerSlam is going to be Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, I would buy tickets immediately. If it was that alignment switch, yeah, I would definitely, uh, definitely be there. Boy, 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 this main event. You want to talk about it? Not really. All right. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are taking on Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in the culmination of a feud, an all, a truly all-time feud, a, a historic feud. A winner-takes-all uh, no-DQ match, Elimination? I no, elimination was oh, yeah, just what on. they did on Raw, and that was only to gimmick it so that they could take a commercial break. I don't know what to say about this match. It, I, I, don't, I just don't know what to say about this match. I'm not interested in watching Becky Lynch wrestle Lacey Evans. I'm not interested in watching Seth Rollins wrestle Baron Corbin. It's, it's the great irony of what's happened on WWE TV over the last month, right? Because, like, what have we spent this entire show talking about? We're wrestling. complimenting them at every turn on their ability to build new stars, get you interested in matchups, sell yeah. compelling matches, and you end the main event with something with the, that is the antithesis of everything that we've just talked about. I just... I just don't understand how this was the choice. I really don't. Like, I'm sort of at a loss. It's just like, who who is this for? And they keep teasing that Brock might get involved, but they are teasing that forever. So And Becky will put the disarmor on him, and that'll be that. I, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I don't know. Oh, my God. S- Becky disarming Brock would be. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy image to think about. <laughs> I, I think this has been a horrible feud built poorly. Yeah. I think Seth and Becky are dragging one another down. If I'm happy about anything, it's that this should be the blow off. Yeah. Also, yeah. Here's something that I tweeted this week. I'll bring it up to you in person as well. When Michael Cole says the, quote, real-life relationship of Seth Rollins and (laughs) Becky Lynch, what does he mean by real life? Well, he means that outside of wrestling, uh, where things are – oh. You're having your lead commentator multiple times per episode explicitly call your show fake. I I don't know what to – I mean – that sucks too. 
<laughs> that also sucks about this feud. It's not as bad as imagining my Sunday spending it with you and my friends watching wrestling, a thing I love to do, and watching Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins lock up. I just can't do it. But again, like we said this before Stomping Grounds last month. Everybody told us that this match on the house shows was good. Yeah, they well. couldn't do it at the at stomping grounds because Lacey Evans, as the ref, changing the rules on the fly, yep. is overbooking to the extreme. This tag match is going to be overbooking to the extreme. So <laughs> why have you had these guys practice a match on the house shows for the last several months that you're never going to show me on television? They're probably trying to make Baron Corbin improve by putting him with a really good worker. <laughs> That's probably true. I just I have no interest in seeing these people lock up, and I have a fear that the fucking heels are going to win, and it sucks. I, no, you know, I well something's got to happen because you know we we need a title change somewhere on this show. Yeah, so probably will come in the tag team matches. Sure, they'll probably be like the Usos and Heavy Machinery who go into SummerSlam right. as champs. I cannot see any uh, Kofi. Seth or Becky, I can't see any of them. Or Bailey, I don't see any of those four losing their titles this weekend. I really hope you're right. I I just the, whenever they say that, oh, they'll never challenge for the title again. Step, I'm like, oh no. I think it's just because that's what we want more than anything is for <sighs> these three two to just be gone. Why did we end on these two notes? Good lord, I was so you're excited right, about you're the right. card. You asked if we should start at the top first. That might have. Been I was thinking about it because it just gets it's like it gets worse and worse a, as you go. It is up. a bummer. Madman, we don't have all the time in the world, but we got some very good questions this week. Should we jump on over to the listener mailbag? It sounds like a yes from you, so let's jump right on into it as I pull up my phone and pull up the questions. Here I go, ready? I'm doing it right now. And our first question this week comes to us from Joel21, at Johal underscore 21. And we mostly covered this, but but you can answer the second part more so. Here, I'm going to ask it in two parts, all right? Sure. Quick answer. Sure. How good is Kevin Owens? The best in the world. Extremely. And are we going to see extended Kevin Owens' face, so a long face run. Yeah. yeah. I, I said this at the time. When they turned him heel, it was clearly a reaction to the Daniel Bryan heel turn. Um, th- like, I believe that that baby face turn when he joined New Day was supposed to be a permanent thing. Yeah. But Bryan was injured. You had nothing else for him. They, they had to do this flip-flop. The great thing about Kevin Owens, though, is that he can literally talk you into anything. So the mm. idea of him, like, doing a double reverse within two months... It, for a lot of guys, that would be death. That would be death for Elias. It has been death for yeah, Elias. Yeah, I was about to say it is death for Elias. Kevin Owens can do that with ease. Yeah. And, it, and he loses nothing. And if that, in fact, he gains something every time he flips. <laughs> He's like the anti-big show. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> let's stay on Kevin Owens here for a second as our next one comes to us from Ryan at Shaptop. Ryan Shap, dear friend of the show. He asks... Kevin Owens worked shoot promo slash pipe bomb. Good idea or same old shit? So let's talk specifically about the promo he cut on Tuesday. I thought it was one of the best promos in years. Well, I, I don't know about best promo in years, but I really liked it. Yeah, Brian's I, environmentalism is like way up there. There's obviously. a lot of good ones. Yeah, but, but, but it, it's the exact note that this show needs right now. Yes. There's definitely something self-referential and postmodern about this kind of baby facing. Like people making the, the Vince Austin comparison. It is that, but it's a modern modernized version of that and when you modernize the dynamics it feels entirely fresh well yeah it, i'll tell you it feels for whatever reason less ersatz than becky and uh stephanie trying to recreate for that sure. for whatever yeah. reason so absolutely uh madman next question this week comes to us from uh doug crap it's our guy it's doug, doug crap. crap and he asks before jushin thunder liger retires he will have one match at SummerSlam against a wwe superstar who would you have as liger's opponent Liger's final opponent. Yeah. Someone from WWE. At, at SummerSlam. Summer Andrade. 
Oh, how am I going to do better than that? Yeah, I might just even copy though your I answer. just booked him into the match with Kofi earlier I mean, when I was fantasy booking. I mean, the nice thing about being Andrade is anytime yeah. you're like, "How about this guy versus Andrade?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it sounds great." Well, I'm <laughs> trying to think of like someone who doesn't have a direction right now for SummerSlam and someone who would be a very compelling matchup too. And it's got like Andrade or I don't know, maybe Tyler Breeze again could be fun, but because but we've seen that already. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna copy you and go Andrade. I would love to see that. Okay, Madman, let's go local for a second. As uh, our friend Scoots Brodo, or as he's called, the Crystal Daddy Scoots Brodo at Scoots Brodo on Twitter, and he asks, "What should I be most excited for at Ballroom Brawl? Knowing some of the wrestlers and none of the actual matches. So this Saturday night is mm-hmm. our uh, our WrestleMania here in Vancouver. It's the Commodore Ballroom, the ECCW. It's Ballroom Brawl. And I know that they have spread the the January Ballroom Brawl into two nights to make it more of a festival vibe, but it still does feel like the more important one of the year is the yes, July one. There's no doubt about it. And honestly, this is one of the best crop of fly-ins that they've ever put together. I do not struggle. Scoots, to tell you what you should be most excited for, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to talk about the wrestlers or the matches. Year in and year out, the ballroom brawls are some of my best days of the year. Always. Well, my question would be, how much Defy does Scoots take in? Because he's a certain. Seattle area guy. Yeah. So to me, I think if, if you were an out-of-towner flying into Vancouver to take in the Vancouver scene, first of all, I would say it's criminal that you're underrating us. That's why the cops are coming to arrest you right now. Yep. Uh <laughs> But also, the number one thing that I would be like, you need to take stand up and take notice, is just the general work rate right now of Artemis Spencer. So the number one thing I would be excited to show someone would be Artie Spence versus TJP, which is going to be our main event this Saturday. These sirens are just going to keep on going, but they're here to arrest Artemis Spencer because they're afraid that he's going to burn the Commodore to the ground this Saturday. It's actually an ambulance that's being driven by Bobby Lashley with Braun Strowman (laughs) in the back right now. I can see it out the window. Well, there it is. Should we pause during the sirens? No, no, it's fine. fine. Oh, there we go. It's It's gone away anyway. Um, Scoots, uh, TJP, uh, who we all know from WWE, is going to be wrestling Artemis Spencer. Justin says, I personally think Artemis Spencer, with the leaving of El Phantasmo, is just one of the absolute all-time talents that we have here in Vancouver, right up there with our dear friend Fergie, uh, right up at the the top of the crop. Uh, I just think that his... I think when you see him, you're going to fully understand. But we are not the only ones who saw that in Artemis Spencer, J-Mo, as we got some good news about him this week. Yeah, he is going to be one of the competitors in BOLA The this battle year. for Los Angeles got Artemis Spencer, PWG bitch. PWG has booked Artie, and uh, no surprise, man. He's been killing it in the UK right now. He's been following the same path, basically, as El Fantasmo, except he's working Defy and becoming a huge name in Defy well, at the progress, same time. Both times they've been in Seattle. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, there are a lot of people standing up and taking notice of this guy right now. And I think one of the best things that Nicole Matthews mentioned to me when I had her on the radio this week was that, you know, I brought up the fact that there have been two standout matches from Ballroom Brawl in the last two years that have been two local boys going head to head LP versus Kyle O'Reilly and LP versus Artemis Spencer. And Nicole said to me that. It's funny that it works out like that because at this point, with the notoriety that they've built for themselves and all of these other companies, LP versus Artie is a fly-in match somewhere else in the world. Wow. Like, if you're yeah. a fan of a local fed in Florida or if you're a fan of UK wrestling, there are companies over there who would fly both of those guys in to put on a marquee match in their city. We just happened to get both of them because we grew up watching them. Well, that's what's so fortunate about living in Vancouver. Like, the wrestling scene is legitimately high-end, and you get to see insane stuff. So, so much to look forward to on Saturday, Scoots. But if I had to point to one specific thing, 
seeing Artemis Spencer in person is going to be well worth your time. He's incredible every time. And, and like, TJP is – all of his deficiencies do not affect how he will perform on an indie show. He's, like, the perfect indie guest star. Oh, man. We love you, Artie. Because he's never going to speak – He's just going to work a great match with Spencer. Going to spiral and be maybe the most natural springboard wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Every (laughs) springboard spot he does. Like, can Artemis fly? I think so. Is that what's happening here? I think so. Madman, next question this week comes to us from Fruits Are Edible. At Fruits Are Edible, it's our dear friend, the brewmaster, Craig Tamble. And he asks, after seeing the Janela Enzo video, which wrestlers do you 100% know you could take in a shoot fight? Please do not say Stokely Hathaway. Oh, no. Um, 100%. Wrestlers are tough, man. They put themselves through the abuse. I think I could beat up Spud. Yeah? Yeah. Just because he's so tiny? Yeah. Yeah, but why wouldn't – yeah, maybe. But Rockstar Spud reminds me of that guy who got leveled in the bagel shop today. Have you seen that video? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screaming about how women mistreat him because he's so short. Thwunk! Yeah, I, I, I feel like I could do that to Rockstar Spud. I'm going to say – pretty King Maxwell pinned Rockstar Spud. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go a little off board with this one. I'm going to say that I could easily beat up Braun Strowman. I think I'd have the speed advantage, could. the cardio advantage. You'd hit him right in the secret spot like the Death Star that would just blow him That's up. That's exactly right. Yeah, I don't think I could beat up any wrestlers. I don't know, man. Uh it, I know I know how to grapple. So if any wrestler does not know any grappling, I would love to be in the place of Joey in that video yes. and throw some punches at Enzo. Dude, I like Enzo's stance makes me know. I, listen, I think Enzo and I might might put on a bit of a barn burn of a shoot fight if I'm if I'm telling the truth. I'd pay money to see it for sure. I think because uh, I got I'd throw twenty dollars in the hat for that. <laughs> I appreciate a, that. A hobo fight down at the rail yards. <laughs> Wait, are we both hobos in this instance? <laughs> well, you're gonna throw some soot on your face and wear oh, old flannels <laughs> and sell newspapers. Hey, yeah. top of the day. <laughs> exactly. It's not. It's not a hobo fight. It's a uh, appropriating the culture of hobos. <laughs> <fight. laughs> That's exactly right. Next question. This week, JMO comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy sixty nine four twenty. The funny number. And he asks, "Who's the most underrated wrestler going right now?" Wow. I mean, these questions are hard because I don't know what underrated means. Yeah. Um, can I tell you who comes to mind for me? Sure. Hiroki Goto. Okay. I don't feel like people talk about him. I never see him in a bad match. I'm always interested to see him. He has like that samurai thing going. I'm going to go Hiroki Goto. I feel like people do not talk about how good this man is. Yet he is always in a good match. Um. I'm going to go with a pick that I think is going to be – you might push back on this, given the way that you just spoke about him on the show. Sure. But I'm going to go with Will Ospreay. I think there are still plenty of people whose mm. mental impression of Will Ospreay is the Will Ospreay of two years ago. The Twitter dumb fuck. But also just like the, the flippy guy who has the same flippy match every time. Ah, yes. He has definitely upped his game in the psychology front. Sure. And I think you're bang on correct that he's one of the best workers in the world right now. I, I do believe and, that. And like there are even if you were to go back and tell that to yourself a year ago, I don't think you would have believed you no. that he would take that leap. No, I don't think I would have. So yeah, I think that's a good call. So it, like I know there are people who already obviously appreciate him. I don't think enough people appreciate him on the level of what he's truly done over the last couple months. Jamo, our next question. That might be a cop-out answer, but it's such no, a that's hard okay. question. It's a really yeah. – underrated so tricky because, like, I almost – I feel like underused would be an easier exactly, question Exactly, because then I could just say Andrade and we would agree. Yeah, again. there we go. On to the next. Yeah. <laughs> Andrade's just the Trump answer yeah. for, for each and every one of these. <laughs> uh, two more questions, man, man, and we're going out on a major call. Oh, I know what it is. Play. But this next one comes to us from uh, pa- most powerful listener of the year 2018. It's Rat Manus at Rat Manus, and he asks – 
Match up some wrestlers to the Super Smash Bros. characters they're most similar to. I don't know, man. <laughs> we, okay. I think we've done this before when we made WWE uh, oh, a yeah. kart racer. Yeah, you're right. We did do we, this. We did like a Mario Kart style game, Crash Team Racing, but with WWE characters. Okay, I'll just throw a couple Smash characters at you. You give me the wrestler who they are most like, okay? Okay, okay. Mario. <sighs> it's got to be John Cena. Bowser. Uh, it's got to be Brock Lesnar. Link. Link's hard. Maybe Johnny Gargano? I don't think of Link as like a small guy. I feel like he's mid. Who is like some... I just feel like Gargano's been on a quest with like one... He's been on one storyline path for like three and a half years. It's very rare for someone to have that much consistency in their storytelling. Is saying Link is ricochet bad? Because I just feel like Link is so stylish in the way he fights. Like it's mm. spinning and uppercuts and jumping. So yeah, I have a feeling that I there might be a better parallel for Ricochet coming up, though. Okay. Well, you don't even know what's coming up. That's I don't true. either. That's okay, true. you give me some, then. Uh, <laughs> Incineroar. <laughs> I mean, all of them. He is the wrestling Smash Bros. character. Also, okay, and Cinero, who's large and hits German suplexes? I don't think that I exists. I already used Brock, too. He, well, okay, how's this? He, he's Kazuchika Okada because oh, he does the drop kick. Yeah, there you go. He that's does the drop perfect. kick. Uh, super high vertical. What about Kirby? Who's a loser who floats around? There? It's got to be a 205 liver. Somebody light, somebody who gets... Bang around easily. Somebody who's high flying. Yeah, maybe someone who's who I don't care about who's a high flyer on 205 Live. Put me down for Tony Nice. Okay. I don't think Tony Nice is a high flyer necessarily. I don't think I'm giving good answers to any of these. Well, how about Roy? Who's Roy? My boy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not asking for your WWE comparable. I'm literally asking who's Who Roy? is Roy? Yeah, that's. <laughs> Mad Man, how about we move on? I mean, our friend John Collins. This is this is another. It's a, it's a gift and a curse. It, like, imagine if your mind works this way all the time. It truly is. I mean, my peanut brain can't come up with questions like this. As John Collin at Collin the Comic sends us home on this. Mm -hmm. You've been granted the magical power to have wrestler entrance music play when you do certain regular life tasks. Yes. It will be amplified to a volume so that everyone in the room can hear it, and they will know that it is for you. No one will think it's weird unless you choose poorly. So that said, whose entrance music do you have playing in these scenarios? So I'm going to give you one scenario at a time. Okay. The first date with the woman of your dreams. It's got to be Sexy Boy, HBK. Oh, that's a great one. You walk in, Sexy Boy. Exactly. All right. I'm going to go uh, Billy Gunn's Ass Man. Oh, okay. I already had that tagged for one coming up here. Well, I have it for all of mine. <laughs> that's, that's the reveal here. I'm a nice man. <laughs> down, down. So that's, yeah. So she, I walk in, and just so she knows out the gate. That you're an ass man. That's, that's, that's what you're here for. Okay, walking down the aisle at your wedding. So you're walking down the aisle at your wedding. What's what's playing? Uh, is it like Macho Man has like sort of classical yeah, music? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go with theme Macho Man's theme. That's a good one. What was Billy Gunn's theme? <laughs> Ass man? Yes, that's <laughs> Gimme, because then she's standing up there in her beautiful white dress. And she knows that you're an ass. Yeah, man. she's finally revealed. Okay. <laughs> Going to court for a speeding ticket. Uh, it's gotta be the common man boogie. It's, oh, it's that's gotta such be a good Dusty answer. Rhodes. That's such a good answer. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Something that really gets across sort of who I am as a person. <laughs> 
And what will endear me to the police so that maybe <laughs> yeah. I can get off on this yeah, ticket? You go on to show that you're like just like them. Yeah, somebody who you know likes butts. Uh, well, no, so, let's okay, okay. Yeah, if the police are heading out for a night on, where they're in, you know, patrolling the town. Yeah, they're bringing shooting people. They're bringing two weapons with them. Yes, they're bringing a club, but what specific kind of club? A billy club. Oh my lord! And then what else are they bringing with them for protection? They're probably gonna bring their Chuck. No gun. Yes, <laughs> their billy gun. Ass man. <laughs> Cops are notorious ass men. That's absolutely the truth. A cab. All cops are, are ass, ass men. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give real ones here. Walking into a crowded bar on a Friday night. This is where I would go with ass <laughs> man. This is where I had ass man okay, lined you up. You go ass man. Yeah, this is my spot for ass man. I'm going to go with one of the faces of Foley. I'm going to go with the dude love theme. Okay, okay. Oh, that's a great choice. It's like kind of a disco boogie. That's right. It shows that you love the chicks. It's a very good choice. And finally, the birth of your first <laughs> child. <laughs> I mean, what do you want your kid to know about chicks? <laughs> That's the real. Oh my god. The birth god. of your child. So you want something beautiful, mm-hmm. something austere, something that gets across that you're an ass man. <laughs> okay, now we something what do you want? You want them entering the world in like a moment of peace, right? Uh yeah. So what's like sort of a a gentle welcome to the planet Earth? <sighs> um <laughs> yeah, 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 this yeah. Is such a, this is such a good question. I mean, almost anything is This funny. is the hardest one for me. Yeah, because you do, you want to give your kids some justice. Yeah. Ooh, I'm trying to think. How, oh, maybe the, the Canalysis theme. The greatest, the greatest, greatest love of all. That could be a good That's one. That's a very good one. Anything come to mind for you? Uh, I was thinking Shane McMahon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the money. Money, money, <laughs> money, 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 yeah. money, money, money. I named I name my daughter Money Penny. <laughs> <laughs> your name is your daughter's name is Money. Here comes the money. Exactly. And I think, I don't know if we have any better answers than that. Thank no, no, you. No, no, no. You know what? I think it would be Kurt Angle's. I would play Kurt Angle's music on dun, the way dun, out. Dun, dun, and dun, get, dun. get my uh, my bride to do like her breathing for, that, to, to push the baby out to like the, the you sucks. <laughs> exactly. That's, See, this guy knows what I'm talking about. I'm a brain genius, so, baby. So that's what I'm thinking on that one. Man, man, I think that uh, wraps it all up. <laughs> For this week's episode of Top Marks. If you want to hear more of us, you can always head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. Throw a couple dollars in the hat. Enter our group chat. Listen to our back catalog of reviewing old and, shows. And the Pick'em's Challenge is coming up fast. Oh, Because my Extreme Lord. Jewels is this week. You're Not only Extreme Rules, but Extreme Jewels as well. I don't want to say what it is, but I do want to say that I have something special planned for Saturday night in the group chat as the go-home for Extreme Jewels And by the Sunday. way, I know that some people are thinking, well, maybe I'm not going to be in the chat at the time when these promos are posted, and I might miss them when they go up. Nah, nah, can, nah. can you put together some sort of video channel? Can, can you get like a Top Marks TV, perhaps? Stay that's, tuned. That's crazy. We would never do a thing like that. Stay tuned. The, the sky's the limit, baby. <laughs> And until next week, you can, of course, find me once again Sunday nights on Sportsnet 650, Wrestle Central, wrestling on the radio. But, of course, until next week, Josh, 
Pepperoni sticks. Say yeah. See any movies this week? I saw Spider Man. Oh yeah, how Sp- Oh wait, did you talk about Spider Man last week? Uh, yeah, you did. did I, I said did. Not to yeah, spoil it. you and I saw Stuber together. Yes, let's talk about Stuber. Yeah, Dave, let's do it. Big Dave Batista. We went and saw that together. I thought Batista was great, man. I love watching this guy in movies. I thought this was a funny movie that I like to see. Yeah, me too. It's, it's not going to blow your socks off, but it's funny and enjoyable. And Dave Batista, like you say, is good. In it. So is Kamal. Sometimes the commercial elements of promoting Uber do get in the way of the movie a There's little bit. There's one pretty gnarly like Uber commercial in but, it. But at the same time, I feel like the Market forces at play that make people have to work for Uber are in some ways like the villain of the yeah, movie. Yeah, they play heel a bit. So it's kind of a fuck Uber movie at the same time. Is it worth spending your money to go see it at the theater? I think in a summer that is full of sequels, superheroes, yes. and Disney remakes of their old cartoons, you should absolutely put your money behind something unique and original and in, in some ways Canadian like Stuber. So let's do it. I also saw Detective Pikachu. It was fine. And that's that. Bye. Titus Worldwide.